welcome to episode eight of Delight Podcast. I'm Leah Sachs and this is Adam Curtis. Hey there. Today our guest is Sarah Snow and our topic is friendship. Sarah is married to Pete who passes a church in North London, St Paul's Haringey, and they have three young children together so she's a busy lady. We'll be hearing Sarah's testimony, how she came to love the Lord and then we'll be digging deep into the topic of Christian friendship. I'm excited. So yes, indeed, today we welcome the lovely Sarah Snow to Delight Podcast. Now, Sarah, would you mind telling our fabulous listeners how you and I know each other? Hello. Um, yes, well, Leah and I must have met over probably a water table or a sandpit or something when we were about four years old in our reception classroom at our primary school in Barnet, North London. Mm. Yeah, we, we met each other, became good friends then when we were four, went to brownies together, yes. did the whole of primary school together and secondary school. Yes. And so we have known each other basically forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on the Delight podcast episode on friendship, I've managed to get my oldest and loveliest friends to come and chat oh. with us. <laughs> like. <laughs> likewise Leah likewise yeah. and it's just such a privilege that my oldest friend is also a believing friend somebody who's loved the Lord who's walked all of life with me and I'm just so thankful I resist calling you by our childhood nicknames though I'll resist what was your what was it come on spill the beans well uh, Sarah was yo-yo and I was plum plum I was Johannes so she used to call yeah. me yo-yo and Leah was plum plum for no reason whatsoever <laughs> I have no idea why. No, because I think purple was my favorite color so plum <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we've literally walked all of life together. Um, but back to back on topic. Sarah, could you let us know, how did you come to faith? Well, I grew up in a family where my extended family, many of them were either missionaries or vicars or pastors. And so I grew up in a family where Christianity was very normal. Mm. And I actually thought, because all my uncles and lots of my cousins were, were vicars, I thought that all boys grew up to be vicars. <laughs> so I, I remember when I was about six saying, when I grow up, I want to marry a vicar, because that's what I just thought everybody did. Yeah. And um, funnily enough, it tickles me that that has actually happened. But I... Um, yeah, basically, it was it was always in our family, and I grew up going to church. I think I became a Christian when I was six. Actually, I remember a really specific time in my um, junior church when I invited the Lord Jesus into my heart, and we prayed this prayer. And I remember just thinking, this is a really significant moment. Um, I actually remember after that starting a Bible study for my friends because I remember it was a sort of it was it must have been told to us you know what you're a Christian now make sure you tell you know tell your tell people tell your friends and um, so I invited I started this bible study at home and Leah came along I don't know if you remember that Leah I don't remember <laughs> that you, you were there you were there with one other friend of I can ours, suspect and... which friend it was <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it lasted very long but we we, we went through my bible notes mm -hmm. and you know I, I asked the other one because Leah was already a Christian. <laughs> I remember asking the other one, so do you believe in God now? And she was like, uh, no. Anyway, anyway, I digress. I completely am reminiscing. I have then sort of very gradually and, you know, very slowly grown, I guess, um, as a Christian. And the Lord has graciously kept me all these years and I'm still learning and growing loads day by day. Mm. And as you were going through those teenage years, going off to uni, were there moments of of growth or of challenge where you kind of had to dig deeper into your faith? 
I think that's happened many times yet over the years. I think I have been challenged by friends, actually, by mm. um, people who have just asked me quite difficult questions at times, you mm. know, challenging me on the way that I was living, which at the time I was very taken aback by, but actually helped me to make a few wiser decisions, I guess, and think about how I was living. There were also times, I think, when when people really invested in me. I did a sort of gap year after university and um, worked with a Christian organization. Part of their program, it was focusing on discipleship. And I was, you know, meeting up with somebody every week, reading the Bible with them, praying with them. And, and that to me was, was completely new and kind of weird, but wonderful. And, and actually, that was, that was really mm. important for me mm. to see that, oh, yes, we can apply the Bible to our day to day lives. And this stuff really makes a difference in, in how we live day to day. It's not just for the end time. It's not just for where I'm going. It's for now, too. Yeah. So it's been great to hear how in discipling others, you yourself were being discipled, learning how to live every day, day by day um, in God's word. Have there perhaps been any moments, perhaps more recently, where you've really seen God at work in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. I mean, last year, the yeah, the last couple of years have been very difficult for all of us, haven't they, with um, COVID and lockdowns. And and it was really hard for us personally as well. So we have three children who are now seven, six and three. Just at the beginning of the first lockdown in 2020, I found out I was pregnant and with our fourth child. And when we went to the 12-week scan, we discovered that actually there were significant problems and he was diagnosed with a syndrome that was deemed incompatible with life. We carried this baby through to his birth in October. He was born and lived with us for six weeks and died in the December. Um, and that was by far the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with mm. um, in many ways. And and yet, at the beginning, when I found when I found out, I thought. I can't really deal with this. This is too much. This is too hard. For the first time, perhaps I was even doubting some of the promises of God's word, which, is, you know, things like there's a verse in Psalm 55, verse 22, that says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. And I really struggled to believe that that was true. But sure enough, day by day, as we cast our cares, as we cried, as we shouted as we screamed and fell and just shook with all the emotion that that there was I I, I realized that he, he that was true he was sustaining us day by day and he was carrying us through and there was a very there was a very supernatural element too I mean Philippians talks about you know the peace that passes all understanding and that I, for the first time I really got that you know it didn't make any sense that I felt throughout that time a sense of peace and a sense of God's closeness and realness and, and nearness to me and yet he, he did give me that peace that was extraordinary and such a gift mm. and Sarah as someone who who from a distance watched you walk through that and was very humbly encouraged by the way you lived that life out I really love how you and Pete have shared in the past, about the witness that this little life, little Monty, was for the Lord and the conversations that brought about. Would you mind sharing a bit of that story with us? 
it was really beautiful to see actually the amount of people that were coming in that came into our lives as a result of Monty our baby and we were dealing with health professionals every single day and this was you know during the time when nobody was allowed to see anybody so this was during mm-hmm. covid and lockdown and and yet we were having these pe- these health professionals coming in every day and each of them were just struck by his little life struck by the fact that he was here that we'd chosen to keep him and that we that his life was valuable and we wanted him to to be here we weren't going to make any decisions I guess about his life and death Mm. and they were moved by him you know obviously as his parents we loved him to bits Mm. and we he was a precious part of our family Um, he was our son and our child and so we we loved him dearly but it was interesting to see how other people just had this sort of connection with him and Mm. just loved holding him and loved um, coming to visit him and they would fight over coming to visit (laughs) him um, because because he was special because you know someone who's or having a syndrome which is seen to be you know to almost sort of writes off someone's life actually to see them here in a you know be and hold them in in a sitting room and just um be able to feed them and it was very was very special and seeing yeah so lots of people asked questions about christianity about our faith um wanted to know wanted to know more about that so yeah that was that was a that was a joy a joy. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to say again that I've just been personally so encouraged by the way that you and Pete have loved the Lord so faithfully during this time. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I'm also thankful for the life of Monty and the way that God used that life for his glory and for the testament that is to you and the witness that you have been. Sarah, here's a big question, um, perhaps, but a really helpful one, I think. What's the biggest thing you've learned about God's character during this time? I'd say that the that how good how good God is was was really striking to me. How good He is and how kind, how tender and loving and gentle. So this idea of God being a good shepherd was really precious to us. We read Psalm twenty three, which is all about God being a shepherd to Monty many times over his short life, and it it impacted me how He is tender to His sheep who. Well, sheep are silly. They don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't do what they're supposed to do, and they're and they don't really. They're not very clever animals. But we and we, and we are like that. But yeah, God, God is so kind and and draws close to us. Draws mm. close to the brokenhearted. That there's another verse in in the Psalms that says, you know, God, He is close to the brokenhearted. And I and I felt that more than ever. I've never known such nearness from God. It's a strange thing to say, but in a way, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change the last year at all, actually, because that has been so worth it. Um, the fact that God has drawn so close to me, and I've known Him to be the best thing and the only thing that I need. So actually, I wouldn't want it any different. Sarah, it's humbling and, and frankly incredible that you you go through this and you come out saying that God is good and kind and gentle and tender and loving, and that, and that you wouldn't change it. That, that's such glory you're giving to God and it leaves me frankly speechless which is not the most helpful thing for a podcast but I love that that's how your heart is and I love that this is how God has kept you close and I'm just so thankful for you my dear lovely friend Sarah <laughs> 
We'd love for you to check out our website at delightpodcast.com. There you can find transcripts of each episode, more detailed show notes, and Adam's fairly interesting, I'm giving it to him, blogs, including the new one this week, Looking More Into Friendship. We'd love for you to rate, subscribe, and share, and if you wish, review Delight Podcast, because it really does make such a big difference and helps others find us more easily. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Just search Delight Podcast. Now back to Adam and Sarah as we dig into friendship. Well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing about your life and how God has been at work in it and through it. Now we're going to move on to our our topic of the day, um, friendship. Now, we live in quite an individualistic, materialistic world, and and it can be quite common that we exist on our own. Our home is our castle. We don't need uh, other people. And this sort of attitude can sort of seep into church life as well. So and sometimes people can say, I don't need other people to have a relationship with God. If someone said that phrase to you, I don't need other people to have a relationship with God, what would, what would be your response? I think you could say yes, and that's true and it's false. <laughs> so yes, we don't need other people in order to be saved, no, but our relationship with God isn't going to last very long <laughs> if we don't have other people <laughs> alongside us in, in doing that, I don't think. God is an intensely personal God. Just the fact that he is Trinity in himself, so he is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He is a personal God in relationship with himself first and foremost. Mm. And then he's created us to be in his image, to be personal too, to be personable and relational, to be in relationship with other people. So I think it's the way that we've been created. It's the way that God has designed us to be. We're not meant to be alone. We know that loneliness... um, is a very is a true source of true suffering, isn't it? If you're mm. if you're lonely, it's it's a it's a painful place to be, um, and it doesn't matter if we're extroverts or introverts. You know, we might be extremely introverted and find other people really exhausting, but if we are lonely, if we don't have friends, if we don't have company in, with others, then we are suffering. God has designed us to be alongside other people. You know, even when he makes when he makes us in Genesis. It doesn't he say, you know, mm-hmm. it is not good for the man to be alone. And it's not good for us to be alone. We, we do need others. Could you just give us some examples of like, of, of times where, um, yeah, you look back and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that person was there. <laughs> I mean, many times. I think in, in the last year, it's been really interesting because with COVID, of course, we couldn't see each other. We couldn't be in each other's company, couldn't have hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I personally was dealing with the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And so friendship was interesting, but, you know, it, it showed me that it could it could be different to how I perhaps have experienced it before. Mm. It doesn't have to be, you know, seeing somebody face to face, but just that sense of relationship, that sense of talking together, whether that was on the phone or um, or even just in messages, you know, WhatsApp mm. and, and, and text messages, that sense of sharing life with each other. How are you doing today? Well, today mm. really sucks. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, you know one friend just messaged me every single day without fail for a year not even necessarily wanting an answer but just to say I'm this is what I'm thinking for you this is what I'm praying for you today and that was extraordinary you know that I I didn't haven't seen her for a long long time but she was there walking with me through through a really hard time we need those we I needed those people in my life and I needed those friendships and those people just to to care for me and to to be there with me and to talk to. Mm. Yeah, just picking up on something you said earlier, it's actually a part of our 
yeah, our makeup is part of how we've been designed to be. Mm. If we're made in the image of a triune God who's Father, Son and Holy Spirit, then actually it is natural for me to need other people and for other people to, to need me. Mm. What is the nature of Christian friendship? Like, is, is Christian friendship just like any old friendship? What is the nature of Christian friendship? I think what you just said, actually, Adam, was is really how I would describe it, that sort of being needy and being needed, that sense mm. that we are both of those things in our friendships. We are not the come to me and I will counsel you and fix you and help you only, nor are we only. I need your time. I need your advice. I need your help, your love, your care for me only if that makes sense we are both of those things we are needed and we are needy oh that is phenomenally helpful i've never heard that phrase and yet immediately that rings true you're right and like in a professional sense when people come to me they they need my help and professionally i have to help them but if that's actually happening in a friendship it's not a healthy friendship (laughs) exactly yes exactly it's a mutuality isn't it that sense of you know we are equals in a friendship Mm -hmm. There's no hierarchy, really. At least I don't think there should be. And I think also with Christians, there is a union with somebody who is a Christian because if they are trusting in Christ and you are trusting in Christ, there is a oneness with them. I can meet a Christian for the first time and instantly call them a brother or a sister because they have a union in Christ, because we share that together. We are family together. Mm. That's really precious, knowing that we are in the same family. Yeah, and it's that that knowledge that we're in the same family. At the beginning, it sort of starts as like an identity. Okay, you're my brother, you're my sister. But then that identity then starts to shape us as we push further into it. As I start to treat these people like my brothers and my sisters and my family and let them treat me in the same way as I start to yeah become a bit more needy around them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) because I do think that is like a big moment in friendship when... The moment where we can actually say, I need your help. <laughs> That's humbling, isn't it? It is a really humbling place to be. We're not very good at that sometimes. As, as Brits, I think we, we can be quite self-sufficient. But we do need, we need people, definitely. We need each other. Because just, just thinking about that a bit further, if someone says, I have loads of friends already, I don't need any more friends, I don't need any more Christian friends. Um, we've talked a little bit about how being united in Christ is, is a great reason for Christian friendship. Are there any other reasons that you would say actually friends in say church are, are really valuable or are different yeah. even well I think the attitude of I don't need is perhaps the issue here because yeah we we don't go to church to serve ourselves it's not about what we can get out of it and what we can achieve or receive we we want to we want to be able to serve and, and look to somebody else say I see you I see you it's not about me One thing that I'm reminded of is when I was at university, I went along to the Christian Union. I'd switched universities halfway through my degree and I went along to the Christian Union and I thought, I'm only just going to pop in and see what it's like. I don't need to be here because actually I'm living at home. I've got my friends and I've got my church. I don't really need to be here. So I, I don't need this in my life. So I'll just go and see what it's like. At the end, I, I was about to say, oh, I think, oh, that was nice. But off I go, I'm not going to join. One thing that really struck me was the the person who was leading it. Um, I had a chat with her at the end. It was a small CU. It was a very small CU. It was, you know, a handful of people. And she just said, we really, really need you. Please, can you think about coming? Because we need you. And I that hadn't even dawned on me. I was thinking, oh, I don't need this in my life. 
but actually for them it was we need you because we you're our sister in Christ and we need you to help us make the gospel known on campus uh, that stayed with me over time mm. that we need to be both of those things we need to be open to be to being needy and we both and we need to be open to being needed as well you are you are going to be a gift you are a gift to your church family your relationship with someone else is going to be a gift to them and necessary for them and actually christians have particular needs which only other christians can like help them with (laughs) when a christian is yet struggling when they've got questions when they're wrestling with 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 things about faith or that or they're suffering they actually need it's only another Christian who can get alongside them, who can preach them the gospel, who can remind them of God's truth, who can pray with them, who can who can walk alongside them in a spiritual sense, mm. um, and actually help them meet that meet that need. But then the the exact reverse is also true that actually there will be friends around us, Christian friends around us, who will have yeah moments of great sort of Christian need, and actually what they require in that moment is is someone else who loves the Lord Jesus to to walk alongside them wonderful non-christian friends who can be very loving and, and generous but i have particular needs which only christians can meet and i'm particularly equipped to meet the needs of other christians <laughs> yes exactly i think some of my oldest and best friends are not christians and they are a wonderful gift to me they are made in god's image and i need them and they are wonderful what struck me with the last year again is that when there's nothing you can do Actually, when a situation is rubbish and it's not going to be fixed and there's nothing, there's no practical thing that you can do, what do you need in friends? And actually, I really noticed how, you know, people really struggled with not not being able to do anything for me, which um, was interesting. I I wasn't wanting anyone to do anything, but it was what people said to me. Um, Some of my Christian friends would... Would, as I was saying earlier, just sort of um, would be able to point me to the hope that there was in Christ and in God who was for me, just reminding me that God is good, reminding me the truths of scripture, that he is close, he is near, I can cry out to him, he is never going to leave me, he knows what's going on and he wants the best for us. You know, though point, constantly pointing to me to the truths of who God is was so important. Some dear friends who... Um, don't know the Lord I think sometimes the best that somebody could say is you'll be all right it will be okay or you're being strong just keep being strong and interesting somebody said I'll send you all the rainbows and sunshine thoughts that I can think of I I understand their intent and it was I I understand the, the kindness in their in their intent but it was didn't mean anything it didn't count it didn't make a difference um it didn't count for anything so actually, yes, I need um, I need to be reminded of those truths and those deep promises from scripture. Wonderful. Thank you, Sarah. You've painted a real beautiful picture there of what Christian friendships uh, can look like and feel like. Now, maybe for that person who's very new to uh, the Christian faith and Christian things, how would they actually go about like building good friendships? Or, or someone who's listening to this being like, oh, I want a friendship like that. Someone who uh, needs me and someone who will help me when I'm being needy. Yeah, what advice would you give to someone who wants to build good Christian friendships? We can look out for those who are around us already. So in your church family, who is there? Who is around you? I think the be- one of the beautiful things about church family is that it's full of people that we might not have met in other walks of life. We're, that might not be like us, the same age or stage, but 
those relationships can be so rich. So we don't have to go and find people that are exactly the same as us, but we can start with, you know, who is in my church family? Who can I go and sit alongside? Who can I talk to? Who is there already? How can I love them? How can I serve them? What do they need from me? And then in in humility and prayerfulness and honesty, talk to them about how we are um, needy too. Can you pray this for me? Can you can you help me with this? Mm. And so I'm going to remind you um, of a piece of advice I vividly remember you giving me. I remember being curled up on your sofa in one of our many put the worlds to right chats with a good cup mm. of coffee. <laughs> I think I was just getting at that time quite discouraged that there was nobody in my immediate church fam who was in any way like me, whether it was age or stage or profession or personality or I don't know, hobbies that we enjoyed. I just remember you just gave me such wisdom, which is you don't need to look for friends who are like you. So kind of, you know, don't worry if you don't have this stage or this age or this job in common. God is at work in that friendship. Mm. Um, and it's given me the courage to go and seek people out and be really intentional with, with friendship. Just completely stuck with me. And I just found so encouraging. So thank you very much for that piece of uh, encouragement. Absolutely. Oh, it sounds very wise. I hope that was me that said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was, Sarah. I'm convinced it was. I remember it. I remember that. the mug. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's just so good to know that God is at work. And just be encouraged mm. to go out of your your safety zones because although I am the talkiest person on a podcast both of you know me very well I know that I'm the world's biggest introvert and sometimes going to talk to new people at church can be absolutely terrifying um mm. so just mm -hmm. thank you for encouraging me yeah. to just seek out and be really oh. <laughs> thank you good friend <laughs> you have been a great friend to me Leo over these years <laughs> goodness me I also just realised in True Friendship, I interrupted the conversation you and Adam were having about being needy and needed and seeking out friendships. Was there anything else you were thinking and pondering about <laughs> friendship? Just thinking about social media and friendships on those. You know, I, I'm conscious that we can have in inverted commas friends um, on social media. You know, you can have 600 friends or more. But actually, how, how many of those could you ring up in a crisis? I, w I wonder if we could, and I'm... I'm sort of talking to myself here as well I think just how how can I be intentional to the friends that are in front of me that I see regularly that's not going to be a big pool of people I don't think it can be if we can show up if we can ring up if we can message if we can pray for a handful of people um, then we can be really good friends to them we don't want to spread ourselves too thinly and try and be everything to everybody because um, that doesn't work mm. we want to walk beside someone um, in life yeah that's helpful because what you're not saying here is here's your church family go and be best friends with all of them it is kind of wisdom mm. and discernment and prayer and going these are the people that are being called to my heart these are the people I should love in a very specific way or indeed how you can be loved by other people um, because there will be times in our lives where like we just aren't equipped to give out mm. in that way and we will be needy and we're just not strong enough to, we feel not strong enough to go and chat to people. What wisdom would you give to someone who feels mm. they can't go and seek friendship proactively at the moment? I think it's a great place to start, but with, with prayer. Sometimes I've prayed for friends who challenge me and tell me things that are difficult, rebuke me when necessary. And actually the Lord is gracious if you know he he hears our prayers and and he knows our weaknesses and our frailties and the things we find hard 
so we can ask God, please help me or please provide for me some, somebody, some people. And that might be in a, in a small group. It might be somebody that you end up sitting next to at church. It might be another Christian who's not in your church family. I think we can ask God to provide those people in our lives because they're so they're so precious. I think one of my best friends is about 20 years older than me and she is someone who is able to speak where there's a there's a proverb that says wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses and that is so true from a good friend you know wounds from a friend can be trusted she can say something really harsh to me but actually I can trust her because she I know that she loves me she loves the Lord she wants me to be walking with him and and trusting him more and more so she can say the hard things and get away with it. Mm. It's because she's loving you with God's word. It's because it's a, it's a wound yeah. from love, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And one of my other friends became one of my best friends, basically, by doing that. So she <laughs> was a, a peer, but I was I was messing around and doing all sorts of things that I shouldn't, that weren't helpful, that were unwise decisions when I was at university, namely, you know, in relation to boys. And she just sat me down and said what are you doing why are you doing this um and I sort of gave as good as I got as good as I thought at that time thinking well it doesn't matter it doesn't matter Mm. but of course it did matter and I was struck by her forthrightness and her you know her challenge yeah and yet goodness me I'm so thankful to her and she became one of my best friends because she she took she was able to do that hard thing of stepping out and saying something that she knew I was going to be hurt by or or perhaps um offended by at the time but that mm. was important uh, Sarah you've painted this beautiful picture of friendship that loves and rebukes and is needy and needed but what happens when friendship amongst believers breaks down and feels irreconcilable how do you go to god with that how can you how should you reconcile oh yeah that's a great question and it's real isn't it because our friendships aren't always going to be perfect we will say and do the wrong things we will hurt one another unintentionally or intentionally and we will need forgiving or um to forgive i think perhaps you know the the lord's prayer where he where jesus teaches believers to pray forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin against us is striking that is in the prayer that Jesus teaches to his believers forgiveness is going to be something that we need to pray for and that we need to pray about and we ought to be doing regularly because God has forgiven us so much and he gives us the resources to forgive others um, as well in a church family as Christians we are united by the blood of Christ if we are out of fellowship with each other if we are angry with one another then we can't be taking communion with each other. Um, We need to go and sort it out with with one another before we come to the Lord's Supper and and share that meal of faith together. So that's something that that we really need to be careful of. God has reconciled us to himself. Therefore, we need to be reconciling with one another. Mm. Sarah, we've seen how friendship is hard, a loving wound and a good gift. If you had to summarise what we've been chatting about today, what would you say to our listeners? Yeah, I would say that friendship is a beautiful gift from the Lord. 
um, we are created to be with um, other people and he has given us this wonderful gift and C.S. Lewis actually writes about it in, in one of his books, The Four Loves, and in talking about friendship, he describes a scene of him with his friends um, and, and the enjoyment of that. If, I'll, just, I'll just read it to you if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, he says, um, those are the golden sessions when four or five of us, after a hard day's walking, have come to our inn where our slippers are on, our feet spread out towards the blaze and our drinks at our elbows, when the whole world and something beyond the world opens itself to our minds as we talk. And no one has any claim on or any responsibility for another, but all are free men and equals, as if we had first met an hour ago, while at the same time an affection mellowed by the years enfolds us. Life, natural life, has no better gift to give. Who could have deserved it? So I just love the way that he paints that picture of, of a, a, a pub scene, mm. um, you know, sipping a beer, um, chatting with your mates with your slippers on or whatever. And just that sense of I'm not trying here. I'm not, I'm not having to try and be somebody that um, I can be. I can just relax and um, share this relationship with another it doesn't always have to be about, you know, rebuking and correcting, although yeah. that is an important part of relationship and friendship. Actually, it's a, it's a gift of enjoyment as well. The Lord has given us friends, he's given me a friend like you, Leah, over the years, <laughs> to, you know, where, where that, that depth of experience and um, just shared, shared experience together is, is a wonderful thing and an enjoyable thing. Friendship is about being needed and being needy. Boom. I just, I've never heard that phrase and I love it. I want to stick it up on a poster on my wall because I just, that's just so helpful to describe what a beautiful vision friendship is. Yeah, and you know, it's that two-way-ness. Friendship goes both directions because, you know, friendship can be really hard. Oh, yeah, they can be really, really hard. Sometimes it can be hard because you feel like I just don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> or they can be hard because they're like, oh, personalities just feel like they clash and actually who who are the people who I'm at ease with. Yeah, and I remember something you've said to me in the past, friend, is that like friendships are hard because do we've been involved, we're both sinners. It's not like these are two perfect people <laughs> just hanging out going, all right. We are broken, so it mm. is just going to be hard. But as Sarah picked up on, we do have this unity which binds us together. Yeah, that's what binds us and it keeps on binding us together and, keep, and keeps on pulling us together and... And it's, yeah, that crucial reason why we need each other. Mm. And just to pick up on something else Sarah said, <laughs> I am quoting her a lot, but like in my defence, she is literally my oldest friend. That intentionality. We do sometimes just have to go up to somebody and go, hi, can we be friends? Can we talk? Because we do need people around us. So sometimes we just have to pray, Lord, use this, grow this. And friendship has, it's very broad. Mm. Like it is, it is, um, it is a wound occasionally, hopefully not too often. (laughs) (laughs) It is someone helping us and, and us helping other people, but it's also, yeah, sitting by the fire and just being at ease and just the joy of another's company. Mm. It is, yeah, real Christian friendship is very, very broad because actually different moments in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different moments in life will need different things. There'll be days where you need a cup of coffee and a hug and there'll be days when you just need to go for a walk and a hangout Mm. or a a kickabout, a kickabout. I'm that's right. That's me trying to relate and being sporty. And clearly, I've never been on a <laughs> kickabout in, in my entire. I was trying to relate. I was trying to relate. Oh yeah, through and through. Like 
I've only recently got a housemate, but one of the things I absolutely love about it, at the end of a busy day, I can come home and we just have a laugh. Yeah. And I love that. I just want to laugh. Yeah, yeah, totally. And sometimes in work, it doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of the reasons why I enjoy making a podcast with you, Leah. (laughs) I know, but that's what it is. I love it because we are friends, we are brother and sister, and it is a joy. And that's a good gift from the Lord. Yeah, it's about seeing a friendship as a gift. This is part of the Lord blessing us, this friendship. So, Sarah, we always like to ask our guests a surprise bonus question. Oh, yeah, I know. Dun, dun, dun. I know, the drama. Oh, my I'm not, goodness. <laughs> I'm not sure if we can, we can handle the drama. Anyway, this season, season two's Delight Podcast bonus question is, who is the person who has most encouraged you in your faith? That is really hard, but the, the person that springs to mind is um, uh, a great friend of mine who I don't get to see in person very often, but she's basically poured, poured herself out for other people and I feel like I'm on the receiving end of that and it's an extraordinary place to be she has got so many um challenges and battles that she's dealing with personally um in her own life and um in her own family and yet her heart is so big that she wants to sort of scoop me under her wing as well and check in with me, love me and pray for me. I'm eternally thankful to the Lord for her and the way that she has prayed diligently for me, particularly over the last couple of years, and checks in with me, rings me up and challenges me as well. She's taught me so much about what true friendship is and what walking with the Lord through difficult times looks like and is is constantly encouraging me to turn my face to the Lord, even when that's really hard. You know, even if it's just a help me God, she will keep encouraging me to look to him, not to her, but to him. And that's that's a wonderful thing. Oh, what a great gift. Sarah, thank you so much for being our guest on Delight Podcast today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. What a joy. This is great fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is great fun. Thank you so much to Sarah Snow for being our guest on episode eight of Delight Podcast. We can't wait to be with you again next week for episode nine, when we'll be looking at the topic of spiritual battles with Tom and Katie Parsons. In the meantime, this is Adam and Leah Delightfully signing off. Bye-bye. Bye.